Welcome to this week's episode of Revelant Conversations for All. This is episode 23, and we are calling it The Truman Show. Some of you may be familiar with the movie that starred Jim Carrey, where everything in his world was um, a pseudo-representation of the world, and it was controlled by someone else. Perhaps this is what we're experiencing now in lieu of this new vaccine, or I should say vaccines right now, because uh, the FDA recently approved another company besides Pfizer. Um, I believe it's Moderna. Is that correct? Yes, Moderna. Moderna, yes. So, uh, you know, uh, you and I shared a video um, that was centered at the University Medical Center in El Paso, Texas, where one of the nurses who was getting the first shot of this new Pfizer vaccine was done. It was televised live. And when you look at the video, you see that the individual receiving the shot is not actually receiving the shot because the, the, uh, the plunger, I guess it's called, on the needle was already pushed down and the needle was clearly empty. And if you look even closer, you would see that the needle was not de- suppressed, depressed into the person's arm. So um, it was essentially fake. And I did a little background check and looked up the article, and UMC has since apologized for um, making it appear that this nurse was not receiving the vaccine, and they mentioned something about the nurse later having the vaccine um, off camera. I'm not certain why they would do that. Right. Um, But it raises lots of red flags for me, as it should for all of you listening um this this whole process as we began to talk about last week has just been um very quick and very forceful forceful in a sense of you know this is a fix-all everybody get this vaccine Um, i'm concerned about it being given to our first responders initially although I understand why they would go that route, but there's also the possibility that something very negative could happen to these first responders. And and for some, it has happened, where they've had severe allergic reactions. What what do you make of all of this? Right, and to speak to what you just said with regard to allergic reactions, some people don't even know that they have allergies. Right. And I don't think that when you're being given a shot for a vaccine is the time to find out. Uh, Things could happen where uh, you might leave the facility and have a reaction later. And, uh, you know, just, just in not knowing that you have an allergy. And the other thing is you could have a reaction way down the line and you know that is my fear because they haven't spent enough time with human subjects and testing the vaccine out in order for it to be uh, good to go (laughs) in my mind Uh, you know it usually takes anywhere from three to five years to bring a vaccine to market or to basically uh, take out all of the bugs. Um, And, uh, you know, you can quote 
people, researchers, doctors are saying, you know, like the first version of the vaccine is never the best version. There are different things that they have to study and um, basically follow people over years, not three, three to six months. That's not enough time. That's Absolutely not the not. best way to do it. Right. Um, I'm concerned about the doctors. I'm concerned about the president-elect, you know, um, who's of a certain age, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a hard choice, and people are thinking the lesser of two evils. Maybe if something <clears throat> adverse happens to people or, or to certain people, then it's better than getting COVID. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about that. I don't know about that one. Well, you know that that brings to the attention of the general information regarding the Pfizer vaccine, which anyone can look up and and find out the ingredients of what's being put into these vaccines. Um, anyway, for Pfizer, it shows that there are high levels of sodium chloride and sucrose. Now, if you consider what has been deemed a high risk population. Um, you'd notice that it's people with uncontrolled high blood pressure and diabetes. Now imagine these folks coming in and lining up for this vaccine and it has high levels of sodium chloride and sucrose. What will be the adverse effect that it will have on those individuals? And we know that it will have some sort of adverse effect. You know? um, And, And let's just examine this from another angle. Um, 45 was sick, went to the hospital, came out, felt 10 years younger. Rudy Giuliani went to the hospital. A number of his cronies have been sick with this illness and have recovered rather quickly, no matter what their previous health condition was, because you're not going to tell me that Giuliani, much less Chris Christie, were perfectly healthy before they got this virus, or, or 45. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are obviously very effective treatments out there. Can you tell me why we rushed to market with a vaccine instead of using that money in order to, you know, make these treatments available while we were perfecting the vaccine. You know, nothing's going to be perfect, but at least more than uh, the time that it's been uh, tested on on humans. Why haven't we focused on the laws in order to make sure that people were doing what they could to properly mitigate the spread and to the, the funds making those available for the treatments that so obviously worked on older people who weren't in tip-top shape. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting that you should mention that because um, that cocktail and combination of, of drugs and treatments that 45 and his minions received also contain uh, stem cells. Uh-huh. And where do you think those stem cells are coming from? 
Wow. Those stem cells are coming from babies, right? Uh-huh. Now, let's think about that for a moment because 45 and his minions also portrayed this stand against abortion, but yet stem cells are being harvested and used in their very expensive treatment. Uh-huh. How are they then getting these stem cells? Where are they getting these stem cells? Where are they getting them from? Where are they getting them? It seems quite hypocritical. Right, because other uh, types of conditions and diseases that require stem cells are blocked mm-hmm. from being used. Like, um, there have been uh, good results with Parkinson's with uh, stem cells. And they block them from being used because of what uh, their quote unquote morality and mm, which is right, right, right. Isn't and, that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, you you mentioned Parkinson's, but I would imagine too, and you know, I'm not that scientist, although I do study the sciences. Um, but I wonder if stem cells would also be helpful in eradicating cancer right now uh, this presents such a moral dilemma such an evil at the same time mm-hmm. so if 45 and his minions and anyone else that is attached to this um, have been keeping this purposely from people to eliminate, like you had mentioned, certain classes of people, certain categories of people, I can't see anything that would be more evil than that in this moment. And certainly if they can come up with a vaccine in such a short period of time, uh-huh. then isn't it, doesn't it seem feasible that they can come up with a cure for cancer? in a short period of time as well. I, I was having this conversation earlier with someone else and I was thinking about um, the 100 year old light bulb. It, it's a lesson that um, I go through with my students every year. And this light bulb, when it was invented, the filament was designed to last forever. Right. Now this same light bulb, one of the remaining light bulbs has been lit in a firehouse for over 100 years. But a group of people got together after this creation of this filament and said, well, wait a minute, we'll never make any money this way. Uh So we have to put a timeline on the filament. So they started making it with inferior products that would, in fact, blow out Uh in a shorter period of time, thus creating a supply and demand. What if, what if this was being done with cancer treatments. And I say that because cancer makes a tremendous amount of money for pharmaceutical companies. Of course. What if they had that 100 year light bulb and someone decided that they needed to shorten the life of that light bulb because it keeps people coming back and getting treatments. The treatments are, are very expensive, as we know. Right. right? Uh-huh. 
and it makes, like I said, a tremendous amount of money. So if they could time the length of pe the period of time from when a person has, let's say, chemo to the time that they go into regression and then be able to time when they would need chemo again. I mean, think of the money that would be made from that evil process. Yeah, it's funny, not funny, how that actually happened. Yeah. But any condition, right? Um, there have been several commercials, infomercials and things, or if you research uh, certain treatments, how they're like, hey, the cure for cancer a lot of uh, homeopathic remedies mm -hmm. and treatments that are out there that the pharmaceutical communities actively work to keep those from getting out. Yes. And because it makes them money, mm -hmm. any anything that's out here that is a condition, disease, something that uh, requires intervention, the pharmaceutical community does not want you to be able to cure it in a natural way and I'm not putting down like medical treatment right. or things like that I'm right, not right. that person right however um, the pharmaceutical community the government big business actually they work in order to provide treatment rather than the cure Right. A lot of times if you have a chronic illness and it has pain associated with it, that's how so many people uh, are drug addicted that are walking around operational drug addicts because they're taking pain for a condition that potentially could be fixed, but instead their doctor is pre uh, prescribing medicine for the pain. The pain is the symptom. Mm -hmm. It is the illness. So instead of getting down to the bottom of the illness, people get medicated, which makes money for the pharmaceutical industries and big business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree with what you're saying. I mean, absolutely, there are some amazing medicines that have cured people that have added to the quality of lives of many people. But what we are talking about right now is um, these these chemo the overuse of chemotherapies in the sense of or let me rephrase that rather than having the guidance to go towards more of the homeopathic cures or healing processes which gives the body time to heal itself the chemicals are offered. And in offering the chemicals, like you said, it, it creates almost like a band-aid because it keeps people on the cusp of healing sometimes. You know, it gives them just enough what they need to get to um, a point of where the quality of life may change slightly. You know, or sometimes it depletes their bodies so much so that the body no longer has the ability to or doesn't have time to heal itself. Right, and, and again, I need to put this caveat out there because I don't want anyone to listen uh, to this podcast and 
do anything different than uh, what's good for them. Right. But I will, I'll tell you that I am a diabetic. When I first uh, found out that I was a diabetic, my A1C was 15 4. Mm-hmm. Wow. And which is extremely high. The scale doesn't even go that high. Right. Um, and when I, you know, the doctor's like, hey, you got to get in here. You're a very sick woman, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I go in to my endocrinologist. We have a conversation. And I went in with the logic, like, after doing my own research, and going in and talking to her, I have to admit that, you know, um, she's a good treatment partner. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, hey, you know, um, first of all, I'm not taking insulin. As long as my body c- can create insulin, uh, I want to look at natural ways to increase the possibility of that. Because if you start taking the artificial insulin then your body is like well i don't need mine anymore so why why would i do that Mm -hmm. so i you know adjusted my diet and within eight months i went back and my a1c was six six wow so you are able to not hand yourself over to the pharmaceutical industry um, to look at the ways that your body can potentially start to heal itself mm-hmm. and also um, to, you know, think outside of the box. You know, everyone's saying right now, take this, take this vaccine because right. it's going to save your life and the lives of everyone you love. I say, be smart. Absolutely. And I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm just going to say, be smart, do your research, look at how long it usually takes the vaccine to come to market. Look Look at, understand yourself, and that if you have any allergies, then you need to make me think twice. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And and also that uh, the people out here, everyone out here who's telling you to take vaccines, I'm not telling you that they are evil people. Some people have good intentions. Sure. Others definitely do not. However, I would just say, you know, do your own research, think for yourself, and make the decision that you think is best for you, but don't do it just because everyone's telling you to do it. Right. And I mean, we also have to remember that some vaccines, yes, absolutely had their place in history. Right. Um, But also, when you look back and research the length of time that it took for those vaccines to be created, the length of time that it took to... Um, evaluate the short-term and the long-term impact that it had on individuals so that they could properly outweigh the risk Uh to the benefit. Um, It's very different than what we're seeing now. And understood, we are in a pandemic. Uh Um, 
But as you are saying, I agree 150%, you have to be wise about this. You have to look at yourself. You have to know your body. Right. And you have to know if this is something that you are willing to do at this time, given the short period of time that testing has been done on this particular vaccine. We don't know the long-term impact. So essentially, um, those that are volunteering, and they and some of them are quite brave in doing so, uh-huh. um, you know, they don't know what the long-term effect will be on their body, and they are trusting science to guide them through this. Um, but in the meantime, um, while you're in the process of making that decision, there's a, a simpler solution to preventing others from getting the virus, protecting your family, and for others to protect you, and that is to wear a mask. Wear and it, a it's, mask. It's such a simple thing to do, um, and it seems that there are still a tremendous amount of people who struggle with selfishness. And in that selfishness, they struggle with making that simple sacrifice in that moment. You know, again, wearing a mask is not for you per se, it's protecting others, the people that you care about, the people that you work around. Um, this, This whole revolt against wearing a mask is just beyond me. Um, I don't understand it. But if we look at it in terms of selfishness, there is an explanation in the word itself. Just simply being selfish. You know, um, we, we just have to yeah. be wiser in the meantime and start cutting down the, the level of death that is occurring. I mean, the other day we were up to 309,000 people and, and within a day it jumped up to 311,000. I mean, that is a tremendous amount of loss on a daily basis. Christmas, the holidays are upon us, and I know that um, some of us has gone have gone a long period of time without seeing families and friends. Friends, but um, you know it's so important to remember that there are lives being lost every day. That they, that we are still in the middle, well, really the beginning of a pandemic. You know, we really what? haven't reached the middle because we haven't had much reprieve. But we need to be mindful of these things. And we can't say, well, you know, I'm not going to abide by these rules right now because I want to see my family. Yes, people want to see their family and friends, but let's be smart about it. Right. You know, let's be protective of one another. Let's be human about it. Right. There's nothing to see your family this year and then never be able to see them again. Is it worth it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about the people who are in hospitals now, and they're not able to see their family, and they they are going through this by themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of the, the horror in that, of having to leave this earth alone without anyone by your side. Would you really want to sacrifice being mindful to see that person suffer that way? You know, to have someone that you care about suffer that way, it's just not worth it. 
it's just not. Exactly. So, so I mean, in the meantime, while we ponder whether this vaccine is is good or not good, um, wear a mask. It's it's so simple, so very simple. Exactly. Wear a mask, and like there are restaurants and areas that are open. Uh. Try not to congregate around a bunch of people because uh, chances are that someone within a group of 30 to 50 is positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you really have to be mindful of that because, you know, even thinking about yourself and your own family, you know, these types of situations that we've been describing are things that I wouldn't even wish on a stranger. If there's a possibility of me transmitting something mistakenly to someone that I don't even know, I still care about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just to be clear, when I say, or when we say wear your mask, it means to wear your mask properly, not under your nose, not down by your chin, because that is not doing anything for anyone. Or hanging off of one ear. Right, right. And we do need to be mindful that um, with this virus, you don't necessarily have to exhibit symptoms to be positive, which means that you could inadvertently be spreading this virus around simply because you feel that you don't have any symptoms or that you feel fine all right um we cannot leave it to our own judgment you know this is something that harbors inside of people and it festers and for some it shows outwardly for others they carry it and they don't even know it so if you're not wearing that mask and you happen to be a a carrier you Uh can spread this virus to people that you care about and to other people that you come in contact with on a daily basis. It's it's a selfless thing to do, to wear a mask. It's a selfish thing not to wear a mask. Can I just bring up one thing? Sure. I remember the, well, I'm sure you do, it's still going on, but the AIDS virus. Yes. How scared people were of and are of... Um, gaining the HIV virus and having it turn into AIDS, Mm -hmm. a lot of people who carry that virus do not show symptoms, Mm -hmm. yet they pass it on. It's the same concept. I think partially what's going on, if it wasn't for the news, we would never see these people struggling to breathe in their hospital beds because, as you mentioned, they are isolated from family, friends, and, you know, you really don't have a picture of them in your mind like you would, like, people would be like, oh, that person looks sick, like, you know, Mm -hmm. they have something, but this virus takes hold of you so quickly, and you wind up in a hospital, and you can't be around people, there's nobody there taking pictures, and, you know, seeing you on a necessarily walking around when you're really ill so it's not unfortunately as scary to people yes yes and we need to keep in mind just because you may
may not have seen someone up close and personal suffering with this virus or or just because you don't know anybody personally who has died from it. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that this is not real. That is correct. That is correct, and I think that is the premise for some people. They still believe that it is a hoax, or they are on this path of thinking that herd immunity is the the fix-all to this. Um, Well, you know, with HIV and AIDS, we certainly did not take a herd immunity approach. Um, For sure. Yeah, there are just some viruses that you can't do that, and this happens to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're already at the end of this segment. Uh, but I believe the, the overwhelming message that we're trying to put out here is to be mindful and to investigate things regarding this new vaccine and the additional vaccines that we are all likely to see in the next few weeks. Um, pay attention to what's going on, um, investigate, like I said, and don't always believe the first thing that you see, and ultimately, wear your mask and be mindful of others who are around you. Take that step. If anyone is ever wondering what is it that we can do now, that is something that we can all do now. So. Great. So thank you for joining us again. We will see you next week. Send us some feedback. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what your concerns are. And also share with us the topics that you would like to hear discussed. In the meantime, have a safe week. Wear your mask and be mindful. Be human. Thank you.